this podcast from Jubilee Church Derby, a church family looking to make a difference across the city of Derby and beyond. This is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations, and you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. David's going to bring God's word to us, so come welcome David up. Thank you. Yep, and I that think Tim is going to take Rooted out now, so if you're in Rooted, go see Tim. Thank you. It's a bit upright, hang on. Hopefully this will continue to work. Um, I resurrected it yesterday, having not used it for ages, so um, (laughs) we'll see. Very good, right. Um, I'm going to start off with a question, which um, might be a bit challenging, but hopefully by the end of what I say will make sense. Um, So, here goes. If you were judged today, do you know where you would stand before God? A couple of weeks ago, Dave uh, spoke from 1 Corinthians 3 and it says um, that our actions and deeds will be tested by fire um, and it's, it's basically suggesting that anything that's built on the foundation of Jesus will remain or will be there and anything not will get burnt up or be a waste. Um, so my question is, if you were to die today, do you know where you'd stand? Do you know how much of your life would be burnt up, how much of the things that you've done would be burnt up uh, or wasted, or would there be some structure left behind that was built on Jesus? Um, Now, it might seem like a strange place to start, perhaps a bit harsh (laughs) to start with something like that, but I want to make you think about what this passage is trying to talk to us about. Now, I haven't said which passage we're looking at, so apologies for that, Um, but it's 1 Corinthians 4. 1 to 21. Um, and uh, I'm going to read that through in a second. Um, but you'll notice if you look at a couple of different versions of the Bible um, that it has some different titles. Um, so some of them say that uh, the title of this section is The Nature of True Apostleship. And others of them say Paul's relationship with the Corinthians. And others say the ministry of apostles. Um, but today what we're going to look at um, is three sections that, as I read it through when I was first looking at it, kind of leapt out at me, almost as if that's what God wanted to wanted for me to share this morning. So um, hopefully they'll magically appear on the screen in a second. Um, the first one is, the Lord is our judge. Second one is, Christ makes us what we are. And the third one is, be imitators of me. So... What I thought I'd do first, um, which probably won't come as a surprise, is to read it uh, and then we'll have a look at those sections and hopefully you'll see them as we read through. Um, otherwise, I've been looking at the wrong passage all week and probably should sit down now. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> this is how uh, one should regard us, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mystery of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. 
But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself, for I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. I have applied all these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, brothers, that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up in favour of one against another. For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? Already you have all you want. Already you have become rich. Without us you have become kings. And would that you did reign so that we might share the rule with you. For I think that God has exhibited us apostles as last of all, like men sentenced to death, because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are held in honour, but we in disrepute. To the present hour we hunger and thirst, we are poorly dressed and buffeted and homeless, and we labour, working with our own hands. When reviled we bless, when persecuted we endure, when slandered we entreat. We have become, and are still, like the scum of the world, the refuse of all things. I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children, For though you have countless guides or guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me. That is why I sent you Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of of my ways in Christ, as I teach them everywhere in every church. Some are arrogant, as though I were not coming to you, but I will come to you soon if the Lord wills, and I will find out not the talk of these arrogant people, but their power. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. What do you wish? Shall I come to you with a rod, or with love, in the spirit of gentleness? So that's that's the passage we're going to look at. And um, yeah, as, as I said earlier, as I was sort of praying and asking God what, what I should share these three things came out. Um, So we'll look at them. The first one is, the Lord is our judge. So that's from um, verses 4b to 5. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. Now it can be really easy when we talk about this subject to come across very judgmental and um, lots of people think that Christians um, or at least Christians get a bad press from being judgmental, hypocritical, maybe insensitive, out of touch. In fact, uh, when I was looking at this, uh, I found a study that said that um, of 16 to 29 year olds that nearly 90% of them shared this opinion about Christians and their faith that we can come across all of those things. And I find that really worrying um, 
And it should be a real concern when we look at scriptures like this that do talk about judgment. Um, There's enough negativity around. There's enough judgment in this world. And it's so easy for us to communicate what God hates or what we hate um, without communicating what he loves um, and what we love. And it'd be great as a church, as Jubilee, to be known for what we love, what we encourage, what we stand for, rather than what we're against. And so I kind of share this in with that in mind. Actually, I don't want to, I don't want to come across judgmental because actually um, there's so many things that, that we can uh, encourage and love. Um, and we want to be known for what we're for rather than what we're against. And, and key into this is um, being concerned about where our understanding of judgment comes from. Are we using the world's view of judgment as our basis for judgment? Are we looking at the Old Testament where it talked of an eye for an eye? Are we looking at Jesus and what he said? And how did Jesus uphold the Old Testament? Well, yes, he did. But did he show us something greater than that? Um, Paul here says, it is the Lord who judges me. This sentence and others can be used by us as an excuse not to do anything at all. To say, well, it's, it's not us that should judge, it's Jesus that should judge, or it's God that should judge. And we kind of abdicate our all responsibility for judgment. And say, okay, we're not going to do any. Um, and actually, we have a responsibility of care for each other. And, Jesus, and Paul wasn't saying, don't use good judgment. He wasn't saying, don't make good decisions. Good decisions is wrong. We shouldn't make good decisions. No, he wasn't saying that. Okay, so what was he saying? You can see in Jesus that he got riled, he got upset when people weren't making good decisions. When people were being hypocritical of others, were judging others, were ignoring their own issues, their own sin and lack of relationship with God whilst saying to someone else, hey, you've got this problem. Um, We're being encouraged to be involved in each other's lives to help, to serve, and yes, to correct, but with encouragement as well, and with the mindset that actually my own heart isn't perhaps what it should be. My own motives aren't right. My own actions can be wrong. We've, We've got to look at ourselves as well at the same time. The Bible says, be quick to bless, not to judge. Be quick to encourage. Be Be quick to encourage, not pull others down. We need to realise and understand that however easy it is for us to cover up our own issues, our own problems, our own sin, our own lack, God isn't easily fooled. In fact, he isn't fooled at all. He knows our motives. He knows the purposes of our heart better than we know them ourselves. They're not hidden from him. He sees right into the heart and Jesus demonstrates that multiple times. Now, this question makes us jumpy because we've all got areas in our lives that, where we haven't even lived up to our own expectations, let alone anyone else's. Um, but they're meant to be a comfort to us. When Paul says the Lord, is, the Lord judges, it's not meant to destroy us. It's meant to comfort us. It's meant to be an encouragement. What Jesus has done with our judgment is this. He took the full weight of God's wrath for us on the cross. He took the full weight of our sin. He took the full weight of our rebellion and our lack. And the full weight of God's wrath on the cross for us. This should actually produce rejoicing in us. 
our judge is Christ. Yes. It shouldn't be, oh, it should be, woo. Because if we've put our full weight on him, if Jesus is our foundation, he is for us, not against us. If we're built on his foundation, all the waste, all the wrong is burnt up. But anything built on him remains. This is good news. In fact, actually, it's not just any good news, it's the good news. So, the first point, it's the Lord who is our judge. The Lord is our judge. Second point. Christ makes us who we are. So this is from verse 7. Who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you didn't receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as though you didn't receive it? So this statement, who makes you different from anyone else, there's two ways to read it. There's a positive and a negative way to read it. You, you could read it. Who do you think you are? Why are you so proud? You've got ideas above your station. Or you could read it like this. Who made you who you are? That is, it was Christ who made you what you are. As Christians, we need to be careful that our confidence isn't in our own ability or our own lack of sinfulness. We can often look at other people and think, oh, I'm not as bad as them, him or her. (laughs) Our confidence, our weight, our trust should be on the foundation of Christ and on Christ alone. It's he who makes us who we are. And that's a free gift. And gifts have to be received. If we're comparing ourselves to others, if we're finding them wanting, then we're judging them. We're bringing judgment on them. They are more guilty than me. I'm not that bad. We're being encouraged here not to boast in our accomplishments. If our foundation is Christ, there's no room for self-pride. If our foundation is that our relationship with God comes through Christ, and if we understand that it comes only through Christ, and only through him this relationship comes, then, then pride has no place. It's only through grace. It's only through Christ that we continue in this relationship. It's as though... The story that brought us to this point hasn't changed now that we know Christ. If we enter through Christ, then we need to remain in Christ as we move forward. If we change the story, if we revert back to us and our own accomplishments, we miss the point of the cross completely. We miss the point of the resurrection completely. It's not just the way we enter into God's presence. It's the way we remain in his presence. It's our daily experience if we feel we've graduated above what Jesus did, that we don't need him anymore, actually, I'm doing okay, I don't, you know, I'm not sinning, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not that bad, I'm not as bad as that person, then we're relying on our own merit again. We're boasting as though we didn't receive it in the first place. Romans 12.3 says, we should be careful not to consider ourselves more highly than we ought. We shouldn't let pride get a foothold in our lives. We shouldn't begin boasting in ourselves. 
if we do that, we forget the cross completely. We forget all that it all comes through Christ, that we all come through Christ, that we all need forgiveness, the same forgiveness. It can be so easy to think he or she, it can also be so easy to think he or she's better than me. They've got this gifting or that gifting. They can do this better than me. No, we come to God through Christ. Each of us need his grace. All of us need his grace. If we're proud, then we're not trusting his grace and we've misunderstood it completely. We've misunderstood why Christ died. So Christ makes us who we are and the Lord is our judge. The final thing that leapt out of me was be imitators of me or copy me. And this is 14 and 15. Uh, and, and 16 I'm writing this not to shame you but to warn you as my dear children even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ you did not have many fathers for in Christ Jesus I became your father through the gospel therefore I urge you to imitate me Paul sees the church in Corinth as his children Let's be really clear, they're dear to him, they're precious to him. He has great concern for them because he feels that they've got many guardians but not many fathers. He makes a distinction between those two roles, a distinction between the care of guardians and fathers or parents. And he says, imitate me, be imitators of me. I nearly missed this as I was going through uh, preparation. And um, when was it? Probably Thursday. Um, I was just saying, God, please show me something because I don't feel like there's a place to land yet on this. We've kind of this is good, but there's something missing. And I reread this section, and and I just realised there's a key here that that will unlock something I think for us today. Um, and it's in this: be imitators of me and being children, and him seeing himself as a father. Um, children imitate parents whether that's a good thing or a bad thing they watch, they learn and they copy they see everything um, they, they don't miss things um, and I was wondering how to give an example of this and realise there's one that we're experiencing at the moment um, I love playing about with words uh, and enjoy the different sounds they make um, and I think part of that because I'm dyslexic I sometimes get the order of words and letters muddled up in my mind and that makes me laugh internally and often that comes out externally and people look at me like I'm off the, you know, I don't know, bizarre. Um, and one example of this that's come up recently is the word porridge. Um, and if you play around with the letters of the word porridge and perhaps lose a few, um, then um, it comes out as oppage, um, which sounds quite funny. Um, and I use the word oppage to describe porridge uh, which is one of um, Elizabeth's favourite breakfasts. And recently we realised that when we asked her whether she wanted porridge, she had no idea what we were talking about. Um, but when we said oppage, she'd get really excited. <laughs> oh, no. So um, uh, it's to, certain, to the extent that now she's at nursery, the staff have begun to call porridge oppage because they think it's funny and also she knows what they mean, so it's easier. Um, we're being influencers without realising it. And in this case, perhaps 
Not great, but I mean, it's okay. We've got our own words for porridge. Why not? Um, it's a silly example, um, but it really shows what children do. They copy those they look up to. They copy their parents. Um, and it's not just parents. Uh, we do this as adults as well. We copy those we admire or spend a lot of time with, whether we want to realise it or not. Um, and that can be a great thing. It can be a really bad thing, depending on the person and the situation. Now, um, paediatricians will tell you um, that imitation is vital. It's part of development. It helps, you, helps children learn language and social skills. Um, and sometimes it's mimicking behaviour, and other times it's observing for a while and then processing it and then mimicking it. But it's still imitation. And, and if you look at it, why, why do we do that? Why do children start to do that? Part of it is making a connection between the child and the parent. Part of it is the attention that happens when they do something that you see that you do and you think it's hilarious and clap and laugh and enjoy that. Um, and also, they say that it develops independence. So the child begins to say, oh, I can do this. Oh, that's great. Uh, get a good reaction from this. I'll try doing that again. And it helps them learn to control depending on what it is. They learn that They've got um, their own independence. And actually, if, you do, if they do that often enough, actually it can become something that's self-motivated rather than imitation. So they'll do it because that's what they want to do rather than because they've just seen you do it. Um, now, I just felt like we should stop here and, and look at this. Being a, being a good role model to children and children around you, are you... Are you doing that? Are you being a good role model for people to look at? This isn't just for parents. We all have responsibility to do this. We all have responsibility to be somebody who others can copy and imitate and admire. Paul says, be imitators of me. Copy me. This is a real challenge. I find this challenging. Can we say to others, copy me? Copy my walk with Jesus. Copy how I do things. Um, Paul's saying this and is it because he feels he always gets things right? Is it because he's self-proud? It seemed like a strange thing to suggest that he was self-proud considering what he'd just been saying. Um, maybe Paul's saying, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Maybe it's because Paul feels secure in the knowledge of what Jesus has done on the cross and he can say, copy me. Use my words, use my actions as a basis for your own walk with Jesus. Paul's saying, let me be an encouragement to you. But what we also should remember is that Paul was Saul and he oversaw the death of Stephen, who was known as a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. If you look back in Acts, there's stories about Saul um, and you can look at his life and think, well, okay, should we imitate that? And that's, you know, that's his lowest moment. But is Paul saying, you know, copy me? Uh, um, is he being self-proud? Is he judging himself better than others? No, I don't think he is. He's encouraging us to imitate how he follows Christ. How he's put his full trust in Christ. The way that he's convinced that it's not by his own merit that he's where he is, but through Jesus, through Christ alone. It's easy for us to think, oh, crumbs, don't copy me. I've made so many mistakes. I'm not holy enough. I'm not righteous enough. I might let you down. 
But Paul's encouraging us to imitate him, to throw our full weight on Christ like he does, to allow the gospel to encourage us. We are who we are through Christ, not our own merit. And we should encourage one another to pursue Christ, to seek him first, to keep our focus on him. Encouragement to you would be, and to me as well, to live your life so that others can say, or so that you can say to others, imitate me. Live your life so that those who look up to you are not led off the path by what you do and what you say, but are actually drawn closer to God to Jesus if they do imitate you. The goals of a good parent or one of the goals is helping a child develop to independence or adulthood. To be able to make good decisions in each circumstance that they face, whether that's being able to do that on their own, whether it's to be able to do that amongst friends who help and support them, or being in community that can help them make a good decision. Um, And maybe that looks different for each child, but... um, Surely that's one of the goals. The goal of imitation is to enable a child to grow so that they can become an independent adult. And this passage and earlier in this book, Paul encourages the Corinthians to grow to independence, to grow to be adults in Christ, not just infants. The goal of imitating him is that we become like adults in the faith so that others can imitate us just as they imitated Paul, so, so that the Corinthians can, can be those that are copied just as they copied Paul, as he copied Christ. The challenge for us is to be a church that enables others to grow to independence or interdependence, depending on how you look at it. We don't grow to a point that we don't need one another, but we grow to a point where we can say to others, imitate me because I'm imitating Christ. We want to be those that enable others to grow in Christ so that um, by our actions they can imitate what we do because we're imitating Christ. So the final, that final point is be imitators of me, copy me, copy Christ. Christ makes us who we are and the Lord is our judge. So did my initial question put the wind up you? Do you need to be more aware of the grace and mercy of God today? Do you know you are saved? Do you know how God sees you this morning? Do you need to know where you stand before God today? Do you need to know that it's the Lord who is your judge? Do you need to be more aware that it is Christ who makes you who you are? And that the story that brought you to this point will take you forward. You don't come to Christ and then move on from the cross, but you come to Christ and remain remain with the cross and with the resurrection. That is your story. And it, um, if we move from that, we move away from what Christ did for us. Have you headed down the road of self-sufficiency? Do you need to realign back to Christ? Whose righteousness are you trusting in? And are you someone others can imitate? We will be imitated. Are you somebody that 
if others imitate, they'll move closer to God or further away. Be someone who will do others good by your actions and your words. I felt like we should um, pray for people that who don't understand or know God's grace this morning in situations that they've been through or they've faced or their past. And to pray for those who want to be good imitators. And to pray for those who want to help others imitate God, uh, imitate Christ through, through their own lives. Um, so I think it'd be good to, to do that. I don't know if anyone else has got any other things they feel we should pray for, but I, I felt that those were some key things. Um, and it, it was interesting how through the worship we were talking about um, what Jesus has done for us over and over again. Um, and the, some of the prophetic words were about taking courage, taking heart. Um, I'm with you, sweetheart. I love you. Um, you are unstoppable. God was talking about setting captives free. It's freedom that Christ has set us free. Um, and Kat reminded me just before I came up about um, my aunt and uncle's dogs um, um, who will sit in the hallway of the house with a stair gate that's not connected to anything and they'll sit behind that and bark and go crazy but won't move beyond the stair gate. Um, and it's, it hems them in but there's actually nothing holding it there. They could literally push it over and walk through with just by touching it. Um, but they they just stay behind it, and it's almost as though there might be people here that that feel that hemming in as well, that haven't understood what God's grace means, that haven't um, broken through something in their lives that's holding them back. Um, it'd be good to pray for that too, if that resounds with people. Um, I'm going to ask Paul if he can help us respond, and um, yeah, thank you. Thank you, David. Um, I think there's a lot of stuff in there to uh, to challenge us. There's a lot of stuff to um, for people to respond to, and um, you know, I share David's heart um, in wanting to pray for people this morning. Um, I think the David just mentioned it, and I think he was just running through things. But he said, "Do you know you are saved?" and um, I think during worship we were singing a lot of songs that um, that maybe some of the words were like to some people were like what is that about you know um, the first song we sung is if you're in my if you're in our life group you'll know that it's one of my favourite worship songs and I just love all the lyrics in that song and um, it says it is finished he has done it death is beaten heaven beckons me and I just feel like somebody might have been sat there thinking death is beaten. What does that mean? You know, we still die. People die every day, all the time. I'm going to die. Um, but, you know, Jesus died for us so that we don't, we do die. Our physical bodies will die. Um, but we, if we know Jesus, then we have eternal life. That's what we believe. So, you know, if, if you aren't a Christian this morning or if you're not sure whether you're saved or not, then we'd really love to, to pray that through with you, to explain it. Um, I just believe that 
that God doesn't want people to go out of here this morning without having been prayed for, for whatever situation you're going for. There's a lot of stuff about freedom and setting captives free. Um, you know, we want to see people um, saved and set free. So I think if Adam could and the guys could lead us in a song and then um, if anything that has been said resonates you, with you this morning and then we'd love to pray with you and we don't want people to walk out of here this morning having not been prayed for and walking out thinking ah, I should have gone forward I need I need prayer in my life um, so yeah we really want to want to pray so um, we'll sing the song through and we'll see where we go from there Sunday morning.